Hello, Aidan. Hello, Larry. How are you doing? And welcome to this week's Hurlers Way and Hurling Way, the Hurling Way. And I'd like to welcome all the listeners as well. And on the line, we have uh, Larry O'Gorman, former Wexford hurler, to discuss uh, all the action from the weekend. And I suppose no more so than uh, what, what a fantastic match it was between, uh, between Galway and Tipperary in the Gaelic rounds on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, it was it was one of those games that we were all looking forward to, to be quite honest. And it, it certainly lived up to its expectation anyway. You know, I uh, speaking to a lot of people and reading up on a, a lot of uh, reports after the game and looking at the game, you swear, you swear it was played at All-Ireland uh, speed. You know, the, the, you swear the two of them, we know it's a lockout, but you swear the two of them were playing for the trophy on the, on the, on the main day itself. But yeah, it was a crack of a match. Uh, people watching it definitely got their... I say you get your money's worth when you go to a match, but we've definitely got a reviewing worth by looking at the match. That's it, and I mean, you know, you know, Galway got off to, uh, you know, it, it got off to uh, a helter skelter start, and uh, I suppose Galway, Galway played very well in the earlier parts, but then, you know, Tipperary kind of came back, and it looked kind of, you know, for a for a long period of the game, it looked like. Uh, Tipperary's game to lose, and then Galway came back. Then, and you know, it was <laughs> it was real end to end stuff. And then it, I think at one stage it looked like it could it could have went to extra time, but Galway pulled it, pulled the win out out of the bag. Yeah, and it was an it was an unusual game, a, a spectacular game to watch. In course, as you said, one game one team was in control for ten minutes, then the next team would take over, and then the opposite the opposition would come back into play again, and. They were sort of going and from the uh, going and far, you know, going back and forward to 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 each team, and you could see how close it was. You could see the excitement on the sideline by both benches as well. They were getting really carried away, and whether it was a line ball or a free or that like that, it wasn't only the players contesting the the decision making of the referee, but you could see both managements as well were jumping up and down in the air as well about it. So it was it was a cracker of a match overall, and yeah, um, I did fancy Galway actually to come out at the end of it, but. With, with about 10, 15 minutes to go, I was there said, maybe we go to extra time and maybe it could go down to penalties. But as you spoke earlier, Eden, you said that um, Galway found a way through it in the very end. And I think it was the experience of Galway. Uh, their bench really sort of uh, held them held him to the very end and got him over the line. I, I just thought that Tipperary didn't have enough strength and depth to bring on in terms of... Uh, more power scoring or that like that uh, to try and drag them over the line and, and Galway their changes worked for them and it didn't really work for Tipperary because uh, as we said there's two or three lads that have only come back from playing from injury sorry playing with Tipperary as well and maybe it's because they didn't have enough hurling under their belt coming into these big games that uh, they sort of fizzled out near the end and, and Galway got bigger and stronger and, and they just captured a uh, an overall great performance by the man himself, Joe Canning. How, how long more are we going to talk about this man? You know, it's it's remarkable how he's able to stand up to the plate when when maybe sometimes other players are having an off day, but he is the type of guy that when you do look to to him, he he certainly can put up his hand. And it's unfortunately sometimes if you do have a bad day, that everyone jumps on the bandwagon and, and gives him a good rap on the knuckles. But to be quite honest, he's been one of our hurling uh, superstars for the last 10, 15 years and every kid in Ireland would always love to be a Joe Canning. That's it. And I suppose really from Joe Canning's point of view, you know, he you're always guaranteed at least six or seven points a game when, when he's in the team, you know, especially between freeze, more so from freeze than play, but, you know, he contributes from play. But 
sometimes if he doesn't score X amount of points, people are saying, oh, well, he had it. Kind of like DJ Carey. Oh, well, if he didn't score X amount of points or if he was scoreless, he had a bad game. But I, I suppose only hurling people and people that played the game would see the game would see the chances that he set up because he's he's a very creative he creates scores for other people as well and maybe that's something that some don't see and uh, you know again you know he was excellent for freeze he missed a few freeze all right in fairness to him but uh, he put he put he always puts over more than than he puts wide and of course uh, he did his usual flick trick from the uh, from the sideline cut he, he's he's a genius at that and. Uh, of course, looking at the game, of course, Aidan Hart in cornerback deservedly got man of the match on the day as well. Yeah, well, he was... Yeah, we'll just speak about Joe for a second. Yeah, Joe's the type of guy that everyone has to keep an eye on him. And if he's having a bad game, you still, still have to keep an eye on him because he could pop up anywhere. He could create something that would be magical in terms of uh, uh, opening up a defence. You know, He does a lot of stuff off the ball as well that people don't really notice. It. And because he's a marksman, he can run out to the middle of the field, he can run out to the sideline, he can drag a top player, a top defender away from play as well. And by him knowing that he's not going to be in the game much, that he's going to be hunted out of the game, well, then he goes into a different mode and he sort of creates other chances for other players around him. And, and that's what you call a team player. And we know, I often say, is, uh, if you're ever going to be a, a sports star, and you're a team player. Well, the sweetest place in the world to play is is in the forward line because uh, forwards are, are the, the iconic people now in in world of sport. Because you know defenders don't really go, uh, don't really get as much notice as, as top uh, scorers or strikers in soccer matches. And guys that come up with big score lines are always the ones that get the headlines. But you just spoke about Aiden Hart. Aiden Hart has been the heart of the Galway defence, to be quite honest. And he certainly wears his heart on the sleeve. And I know you have Dahi Birkin, you have Garon McInerney, you have, you have a lot of other uh, great defenders back there as well. But uh, that Aidan Hart to me, fella, is a guy that I'd love to go to war with. He's the type of lad that won't let you away with too much, but he really die with his, with his boots nearly fall off his feet if, if it came to that. So, yeah, it was great to see him get up and get the goal. It was great to see him celebrate and something like that because it's not too often that defenders get, get, uh, get too much praise off, uh, off uh, people like that. So, we're all we're all praising the forwards, as I said, in days gone by, like uh, like the great Maradona, Lord Mercy, and who just passed away yesterday. You know, and we're, we're always speaking about uh, Messi, and we're always speaking about the great people in the world that uh, gives enjoyment to people because they rattle the ball in the back of the net. You know, so has for for the way they operate, and and I think that's the reason why uh, I think Galway over Tipperary, to be honest, Aiden. Uh, not only did Aiden Hard have a super game, but uh, the defenders around him also battled well with him. So. You know, it's, it's it was a strange enough game in terms of uh, Galway uh, playing their full forward line uh, a good bit away from goal. Like I mean, I, I thought a young uh, Conor Whelan now would have been closer to the goal, and it didn't work for him again, Kilkenny. But I thought they might have snuck him in a bit closer to the goal because they are the danger men. And overall, I just thought that uh, Galway deserved to win it. And you know, it was sort of a, a ding dong battle, but it was one of the, as I say, put you on the edge of the seat watching it. That's it, and I suppose looking at the uh, looking at the forwards and uh, regards to uh, Joe Canning, I mean he, he played in most of the positions 
in, in the forwards, either in the half forward or the full forward line. But centre half forward seems to suit his game and the way he plays. It suits his style of hurling. Yes, it does. Uh, and the reason, because of the modern game that we live in and we're, and we're watching today, uh, most wing backs and even cornerbacks do more running now than full back or centre back. So if Joe had to follow a wing a wing back up the up the field, you know it would take a lot of his legs as well, and he would get a little bit tired. Even though he would still battle on, there's no question about it. But I think Galway benefit more by having him in the fo- half forward line or full forward line area. So down the centre really suits him, where there's not too much running involved because he's not the type of lad that would run all day. But give him a ball, he would play around with it all day. So yeah, he's one of those guys as well that's able to introduce a lot of. Uh, players into the field of play as I say he, he's not a greedy player he throw the ball around he, he's a real team effort player and you know there is guys around him as well of course as I said just young Conor Whelan and, and and young David Burke and these other guys so you know Galway to me uh, uh, always looked up to Joe Canning uh, the last number of years but there is players around him that are standing up to the plate as well and Joe realised that as well that he can't do it all on his own and that's why I always say he's a great team player he does his best for the team and if it doesn't work on, on his performance on the day well then he he's no problem throwing the ball around and let others do the work for him That's it because I suppose really that that was the key to them winning the All-Ireland in 2017 was the fact that you know maybe the years before that when, when since he got on the senior panel most of the, the majority of the scores came from him but that year in 2017 when they won the All-Ireland it was more of a spread around the team of scores like you know there was more there was other players that were contributing to the score more more so than him score most of the yeah. most of the chances if you know what I mean yeah oh, absolutely you know and it's, it's unfortunate because he was so good and, and playing in a team that even if the team around him uh, were superstars and you know we, we've seen it in all other sports where sometimes a player can be greedy he, he's, not, he's not prepared to bring other players into play and he wants to do his own thing and you know you get away with it for a while and all of a sudden then the opposition cops onto that you're a, a selfish player and you don't throw the ball away too often and if, if someone gets a, a tight marker on that guy well that guy could struggle in terms of performance and, and getting his average and scoring up every day so Joe has changed all that uh, in the past, you're dead right. People did, people did certainly. What do you call it? Uh, look to Joe, and hopefully uh, they often say that Joe would pull him over the line. But yeah, in the last number of years, I think there's a, a responsibility after growing on other players as well to to create uh, a new image for themselves. And and Joe is not the type of lad that like to boast about him being the, uh, the number one. In, in the county in terms of goal scoring and point scoring or all like that because he doesn't like that he says other players make the opportunities for him as well so he, he plays his part in, in a big way but in the last I think in the last two or three years even though he's getting on he he, he respects the guys around him and you know he, he always says that as well he says it's not only me he says I get the opportunities but they're given to me by my, my own players in terms of freeze and and the ball being thrown out to him as well. He doesn't really go up and grab the ball and, and take guys on. He he also plays a part, and other players play a part in, in making it a good unit to work with. That's it. And I suppose really looking at Joe, as we know, he he in, he has recently or whatever he's been out. Um, he's been out due to long term due to injury, and during that time, I'd say last season, you could really tell the difference in this Galway team. When he wasn't in the team, uh, you know, you know how, I suppose, you know how they they weren't scoring as much as when he was in the team. You know, I, I know they have other free takers, but 
you know, you, you would you would um, notice that uh, the the Galway the, the Galway team are missing when he when he's not in. Yeah, there. he looks like he look, he's definitely there's no question about it. He looks like he's the main link. Uh, that, that that pulls everything together there, and you're dead right. You know, I, I did watch him when he was out injured there for a while in Galway. We're trying to struggle on without him, and uh, uh, the most obvious thing I noticed that Galway didn't really have a, a good free taker uh, to the standard that Joe was, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I think Galway people were only praying that Joe could get back alone just to take frees because, you know, as you said earlier, then. Uh, you're nearly always guaranteed to get seven or eight or nine points from freeze alone. And even if Joe had an off day, he could still finish up with a high score. But uh, yeah, he's definitely the main man that's up front for for them at the moment. And, you know, they look good and they look fit and look strong. So it'll be interesting now how to get on in their, in their next big challenge against Limerick. So that, that'll be, I think questions will be asked after that now because we'll have two really strong animals going at one another. And, uh, you know, uh, two strong physical teams, uh, tight, tenacious forwards that are prepared to take on defenders as well. So that, that to me, you now could be a, a step up uh, from last week's uh, win over over Galway. Or sorry, over over uh, Tipperary. So Galway will know they're up against it uh, next on the, in terms of physicality, and I know Limerick will know that they're up against it in terms of physicality. So that should be a cracker of a match. But I suppose really looking at Galway, even though that the, the, it was a great game against Tipperary and all that, you know, the, the, I suppose this weekend now against a team like Limerick, because Limerick, Limerick, if they if uh, Galway make any sort of mistakes, they won't get away with them in Limerick. That maybe they might have, that the compared to maybe that they might have got away with against Tipperary. They definitely they'd want to be getting out of the blocks a lot a lot quicker. Oh uh, and uh, they'd want to be taking their chances because they missed a lot of chances too against Tipperary. They could have won a more comfortable. Yeah and if you notice if you go back to the Leinster file with uh, with Galway against Kilkenny, there just seemed to be in cruise control of the game. They were well on top in, in most areas of the field. Uh, there were four or five points up at one stage but there could have been eight or nine points up, and even when TJ Reid and Richie Hogan scored the goals, I think Galway should have been six, five or six points more up, even even at the time they scored the goals. So, you know, Galway need to learn from all that, and they need to learn from last week's game as well against Tipperary. You know, it's it's great hurling and, and having a lovely stylish game of hurling playing with yourselves against the opposition. But if you're not putting up on a scoreboard when, when you when you have a chance to choke a team, as you often say, you know, you want to go six points, you want to go seven points. Liam Griffin often preached that into us. You know, if you're winning by one, you want to win by two. If you win by two, you want to win by four. You want to keep winning more and more because, you know, there's no greater teams out there, the likes of Kilkenny's and the Tipperary's and all these other teams that could, could, could choke you within a minute or two. And, you know, so you want to be able to put them away. And if Galway, as you said, in have a slow start again Limerick, and, you know, I, th- I think they might suffer from it. You know, they need to stand up to the plate now, stand up strong. And I think the first five or ten minutes will give everyone an indication of how the game is going to go. And, you know, we all know that Limerick will have to up, up their ante as well, of course, because they know they're in a, <clears throat> a strange position from the last outing against Waterford. So they know themselves that they'll have to open so that's why both teams will have a good look at each other over the, over the last week and this week as well to make sure that they get, get going from the from the get go because these two teams one could cancel out one very quick if you don't if you don't get grips onto the game That's it and I suppose really looking at the other quarter final as well uh, that's one one semi-final that's that's uh, down for decision but I suppose in the other the other semi-final or the other quarter final as well 
that was a, that was a more action, you know, just to see who who uh, who will play Kilkenny in the in the other semi. Yeah, Waterford uh, took on Clear. Uh, I I did fancy Clear, and it's not because they hurled so well against Wexford. Uh, I fancied Clear because I thought they were playing a good, nice style hurling. Um, yes, another one with Tony Kelly. In the forward area, a little bit like Joe Canning, a lot goes through Tony Kelly, a lot of frees and a lot from play as well. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who was telling me that he actually went over on his ankle in tra- in the warm up for the match, so he wasn't hundred percent sure whether he was going to start. And and his ankle got worse into the first five ten minutes into the game, it started swelling up, so they had to restrap it and put him back in. So to be honest, he was a major loss to uh, to clear in terms of uh, popping up with, with these magical scores. And and the odd goal thrown in as well, and and some wonderful points that he he he's shown over the last couple of weeks, but he would have been a, a big target man around the middle of the field, uh, half forward area because he picked up that injury. He was shoved in around the full forward line, and it didn't really work for him. He didn't actually play with as high intensity as they, as he normally does, and uh, because of that, the clear lads around him didn't really didn't really throw throw everything at it as well. Um, and, of course, you have to give credit to Waterford because they came out with all guns blazing. They've proven it in the previous game against Limerick where they had an outstanding performance. They didn't really get uh, the chance to see out Limerick in the last five minutes. They didn't have enough in the tank. They didn't know how to see a win. Where Limerick were used to that for the last two or three years and they, they, they sort of blew Waterford out of it when they met earlier on in the year. And Waterford need to do that again if they're going to uh, get over Kilkenny. Uh, this will be a cracker of a match <clears throat> going into this now because I think Waterford have the upper hand on Kilkenny now as well, looking at their style of play this year so far. Uh, they're a fit, fast, young team, willing to work hard. And, you know, Kilkenny love cherishing playing at Waterford. They're neighbours. They, they love each other most of the time when they're doing Christmas shopping, but uh, there'll be no Christmas shopping done this weekend, I tell you that now, because <laughs> I think both both are going to get stuck into one another because this gives Waterford a fantastic opportunity to get to an All-Ireland final, and it also gives Brian Cody an opportunity to get to an All-Ireland final, where in the last two or three years, they were saying that Kilkenny were dead and buried, and Brian Cody have just produced... Uh, a remarkable recovery to a team that's in transition. So it's one for Brian Cody definitely in the in the in the history books to say that he got to All Ireland final last year. It didn't work out. He won the Leinster final this year where no one expected him. And now he's going to do his living best because he knows his days are nearly numbered now coming to a coming to an all uh, coming to the end of his long term career with, as a hurling manager. So it will be a do, a do or die game. Uh, Waterford will feel in the better position going into this game. Two great performances, one again Limerick and especially the last day last day again clear. So this will be it'll be interesting times now to get to get to see this match though, because as I said, there's two neighbours uh biting to get at one another and I, I think it should be a crack of a match. And I, I just for some reason, although there's something telling me that that uh Waterford have enough in the tank to see Kilkenny out this time. That's it, and I suppose looking at a, from a, a Kilkenny, looking at the Kilkenny team, uh, we have seen uh, the huge difference that Richie Hogan made when he came on as a sub against Galway in the Leinster final. Um, can you see him starting in the All Ireland semi final? I think you know he, it, the the difference he made. I I'd, I'd say it would be open. Maybe I don't know would it be fitness, and that's why that's why he started yeah. on the bench or or whatever. But like I mean, if he's playing like that and he can make that much of a difference. 
in the game, why not start them and then, you know, get, get the best out of them and then, you know, they, they always have good subs anyway that they can bring on then, uh, you, you know, if he gets tired, when he gets tired. Yeah, well, if you look at, uh, in, if you look at the last number of games that we've seen, nearly in all sports and rugby as well, especially rugby and even in soccer, sorry, now I'm just mentioning them sports as well because what's actually happened is they're getting the guys, yeah. they're getting the workers to go in and do the work and wear the opposition down. And we keep working on wearing them down and wearing them down and wearing them down. And eventually then you bring in your four, five, six subs and all of a sudden then you have a new lease of life. There is, sometimes there is a panic uh, if it's only half half a or half time in some big games and you realise you're down too far. Well, then managers bring on bring on the, the, the big Calvary guys and bring them in and hopefully turn it around. But managers are that cute in that in all sports, you, it's not too often that you see the opposition going ahead of you. Too far now. So then all of a sudden, the likes of Richie Hogan, who came on the last day, turned it all around. There is teams in all sports now that are starting to look at sports a little bit different towards what they used to do before, where they used to start the big boys first, let them tear the opposition down, and hopefully then when they're bringing their young, fresh legs uh, to come in and try to run away with the game. But that's it's not happening anymore. It's a new style we're playing. It's a new game. There's a new rhythm to it. There's, there's new techniques coming into the game. So... It's 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 a way of able to sit down and look at the new uh, the new ideas and new thoughts that have been brought into world sport. And I'm talking about world sport. You're talking about American football. You're talking about all the team sports that are out there at the present moment. It's a remarkable how sometimes the questions are asked: Why this fella or that fella is left off the field of play? You can realise it now that this guy has bought in for the last 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, and he could win the game in that space of time. That's it, and uh, I suppose uh, so. If you were to call the two semi-finals as to who's going to get into the uh, the All Ireland, who's what the pairing is going to be for the All Ireland final? What would your well, I be I be talking about definitely Waterford anyway to overturn Kilkenny. Yeah, to me, I I, I think I think it's time for Hurling now for for to have a new face, yeah, and I and I think Waterford have just turned the corner in terms of. Uh, uh, with Liam Cahill to the fore, uh, a, a, a Tipperary man coming in to, to to sort of introduce new style of hurling into Waterford. And to be quite honest, Aidan, Waterford hurling hasn't been too bad over the last number of years. Uh, and and for some reason, Liam Cahill have come in and he found a way and a system how to how to break down the opposition. And uh, no disrespect to, to hurlers that have been dropped out of the panel, the likes of Morris Shanahan and... We, uh, um, no, uh, O'Connor, no O'Connor's there from Waterford. There's a couple of big names that were left out of the squad this year, and uh, Liam Cahill had a new way, a new system, and a new idea that he wanted to bring his new approach into it, and it's worked so far. Uh, will Kilkenny have enough fi- firepower up front? I'm not sure. Conal Fenley uh, was taken off the last day. Walter Welch was taken off the last day. We had to bring in Richie Hogan, who to me is always a match winner, so I can't see him really starting, but I can see him being brought in uh, when the going gets tough in terms of Kilkenny looking for goals. Uh, TJ Reid is getting a little bit over the hill now. He's 31, 32 years of age. But overall, if I, if I look at both teams now, I would say Waterford to win it by three or four or five points. And I suppose in the other semi, in the other semi-final then, Galway and... Uh... Galway and Limerick, who would you Well, this would be like two bulls in the field trying to knock the head off another end. <laughs> because I think, I honestly <laughs> think now this is going to be a cracker of a match. You know, uh, both teams are, they'll be well prepared. They know what they're up against. Uh, and they know that it's going to be a battle from the minute the ball is thrown into the, till, till the final whistle. Uh, it all runs down to discipline as well. 
Uh, both teams have uh, fantastic free takers as well. And I think if the referee let the game flow a little bit better than what has happened in the past where we see 25 or 30 frees in the game, sometimes it can ruin the game. But if the referee lets the game flow and lets the ball roll well and, and uh, lets the ball uh, roll as, as best as possible from himself, I, I just think I think Limerick have enough in it. They were hurt last year over the, the defeat against Kilkenny. Uh, but I think Kilke- uh, Limerick have learned from the last day as well, they're a team that needs to be putting other teams away, and now they've they know that uh, the, the 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 bull in the field that they're going to face is going to be as tough as the bull that they're going to attack. So it will be a, a it'll be a heavy, heavy challenge for both. But I just I expect Limerick to pull through it by four or five points. That's it, and I suppose the weekend that was in it last weekend. I suppose we can't uh, we can't leave the interview without mentioning about. Uh, uh, a huge, uh, a huge weekend on the GA calendar. Of course, as we know, last weekend in 1920, the uh, the bloody Sunday things and all the commemorations and the moment silence uh, that went on around around the count around the country as well before games. But uh, it was a nice touch by the Dublin by the Dublin captain uh, Stephen Cluxton to absolutely read um, after the match you, where where Michael Hogan was shot. And uh, also, I suppose, you know, it was a nice touch to see Tipperary winning, uh, Tipperary wear, wear, wearing the red, uh, wearing the green and white uh, the style jersey that would have been that they wore in 1920. So that that was a, a nice touch as well. And I suppose it just goes to show you a lot of people say a lot of things about Dublin. But when when you look at it, you know, that they, they um, you know, there were it, there was a it was a nice touch by the Dublin team, and it just goes to show you that not only are the class athletes, but they're also they're also legends as as people as well. Because you know, it was a nice touch they were after winning the Leinster title and all that, but they still took time out and they still wanted to remember that uh, you know that the people that were that that lost their lives that day. And I suppose as well as that with Dean Rock, it just goes to show you after his speech after winning the man of the match. He he remembered a young lad that was going into um that was going into hospital for chemotherapy and he wanted to let him know that that himself and the team and the Dublin footballers were um were thinking of him so that they were nice touches over the weekend but I suppose in a GA sense anyone that loves GA and all that it was an absolutely and well. uh, to be quite honest it was it was very emotional from from my point of view as well because. You know, uh, my father often said to me, my late father often said to me, you know, when you go to Crow Park, he says, you die in your boots for your team. You know, and it's one thing he always said to me, you know, he said, well, you know, he said, don't be always judging yourself in a bad way because, you know, every time you went out there and Liam Griffin would tell, tell you the very same, you died in your boots for, for the people that you're, that, that are out there screaming, screaming for you and support you and all down the years, you know, that one, that's one thing you used to stick in my head. Liam Griffin and my father used to always say, well, at least you died in your boots, you know, and unfortunately, uh, back in 1920, there was people that died in their shoes and there was no reason for them to die and it was a horrible thing that happened. But uh, the GA now have done an amazing uh, a salute to those heroes as well. You know, it was it was quite remarkable. Yes, with Dublin and, and, and Dean Rock and, and uh, Shane, uh, Stephen Cluxon and right throughout the whole country, we, play, we paid a fantastic tribute to everyone uh, that lost their lives and, you know, unfortunately it shouldn't have happened, you know, and they will always be in the memory. There's there's our heroes in our lives and will always be there forever. But those that sadly lost their lives through, through as I said, an act of evil or whatever you want to call it, uh, was wrong and it was it was sad at the time and it was it was it, there was anger there and it's maybe a little bit of anger still hangs there as well and 
you know, I just want to say to everyone out there that we are in it together. We are a GA world. We are a great family. Uh, the Dublin footballers can be a massive credit to themselves, their family. Uh, the only reason why we don't like Dublin is because they're winning everything. We get a little bit jealous and we get a little bit hard, sick about it and stuff like that. But we don't mean it in, in a in a terrible, horrible way. We just mean it because we, we, we can't beat them. And no one else can beat them. And we, we're trying to solve a way to try and beat them. But, you know, hats off to them. They, they don't credit to themselves, their county. But overall, a, a credit to the GA. And for those who lost their lives, you know, we, we still think you and you'll never be forgotten. That's it. Well, listen. Thanks very much uh, for doing the uh, for doing the hurlers way with us this week, Larry. And we look forward to looking back at this week's uh, this weekend's. Action. No problem, man. Uh, thanks to you, and thanks to all your listeners. No problem. Thanks very much.